This is literally everything. 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 It's time to cut off all communication with the outside world. Dust off your old VCR and gather your collection of mixtapes. Then tease those bangs. Put on your favorite pair of leg warmers. The nostalgia bug has bitten, and we are here to scratch the itch. I'm Odell. I'm Aaron. It's time to go back where we belong. Hello, peeps. What's going on? Hey, everybody. <laughs> I love your delays. Like you're on. I know. A I'm not at all. <laughs> in case you say something, like at the Oscars, where they put it on a time delay, in case you say something right. bad that they can, right? They have a heads up that they can bleep out. <laughs> I feel like that's you. Well, I never know, like, because sometimes you'll do a longer intro and then I'm, I end up cutting you off. So I just waited <laughs> to make sure I could say something. <laughs> or you could be me and just cut them I off know. anyway. <laughs> well, normally we don't have a problem with that at all, but I thought I'd be nice this time and wait. But then you pointed it out. So now never mind. <laughs> yeah. The problem of when a thought enters my mind, if I don't say it immediately, then it just goes yes. away. So I have to get it out. It's that I think I have early onset dementia or something. <laughs> Uh, I hope not. <laughs> Knock on wood. Don't want I've that. I've often thought that. Go on. Today, we are traveling back to 1995. And oh. while I love my 80s, absolutely love the 80s, like forever and of always. Course. My favorite decade ever. But I found that when I go back to the 90s, I remember more of this stuff clearly, right. obviously, because it happened more recently, still 30 years ago. But we were older when we experienced it. Right. But I know because the, like 90, 94 to 97 mm-hmm. were like the best years for me because that's when I was at Oregon State. Right. And I met all of my really good friends. And so today's movie, which is seven, which I love because it's also episode seven. seven oh my gosh, seven. I love it. I know. And we didn't even like that's, when I picked the movie. Planned. No, it was one of the three movies that popped up and I picked it and then didn't realize until today. Meant it to be. So we're traveling back to September of 1995. Do you know what you were doing in September of 1995? September of 1995 was the beginning of my junior year. So my boyfriend at the time was at college. We were trying the long distance thing. It was a very difficult And I know I was in rehearsals for the show. They're playing our song. Terrible show. (laughs) But I starred in it across from my boyfriend that I would have about a year later. But during the show, hated him and always (laughs) felt like because there was this part where I had to like back up and we had to have our arms around each other and sway. But I'm in front of him. Mm -hmm. I always felt like as penis was knocking on the back door. So I was very <laughs> uncomfortable and tried to keep my butt away from him. When later, he's the one I tried anal sex with. So it's weird. <laughs> Meant to be. Hello. Just a preview. Yep. So that's what I was doing. And that's when my um, girlfriend, Bestie Kathy, that's when we really started hanging out was September of 1995. Love it. I know. Well, this was also my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second junior year, really, if you go by years, because I was in college for five years instead of just the four. Right. But we started, we were on the quarter system, so we didn't start college until the end of September. 
But oh. I remember this clearly. The end of September that year, I was back at Oregon State. I was assisting with campus tours for people who were in our dorm because I'd been there a year already. Mm-hmm. And this was when I first hung out with my one of my besties, Lisa. Oh, yeah. Because she had she had moved into the dorm the year before. But then we were both on like the hall council or something together. And so we were doing the tours together and we just immediately clicked and have been best friends ever since. She's a good one. Yes. How funny that we both met like our. I know. Our little soul partners. In September of <laughs> 95. Yeah. Special time. Obviously until you and I met each other. Right. And then, right. We were like the And there was some stiff competition. <laughs> yes. So a few things that were happening around the world at this time. Seven, our movie today, actually had its premiere in New York City on September 15th. So a week before the worldwide or the nationwide premiere and then opened nationally on the 22nd. On September 21st, the day before our movie opened, the Hindu milk miracle occurred. Did you hear about this? This was kind of crazy. So statues of the Hindu god Ganesh began drinking milk when spoonfuls of milk were placed near their mouths. What? And I'm th- trying to think, how does this happen? Did so- Was <sighs> someone sitting behind the statue? I'm imagining they had drilled a hole in the mouth and they were standing behind it with a straw and they were sucking it so the milk was going into the statue. I mean, did it... What? I know. Like, did it just soak into the stone? Right. How do they know that it was drinking it? Because I just imagine little statue lips going... I know. <laughs> like cats. Because then the up. headline would be more like, the statues are alive. Right. Statues have tongues and they're drinking I milk. I don't understand. And why milk? Like, did they try other liquids? Did they hold up a Chianti? Like a Coca-Cola? <laughs> Chianti? <laughs> I'm trying to go fancy. <laughs> I mean, and then I go for Coke. I don't, I don't understand. Like, all of them did? I guess. Like, it was around... What do they think it was? Like, what what did that signify to them? Anything? Or did they just like, well, oh, this it's is a crazy. god and it's a statues of a god. So they, I'm sure right. they took it as something like a man. Some sort of sign amazing. or. Right. Yeah, I didn't dig into That's... it much further, but maybe I should have. I really wish you would have. Because <laughs> yeah, I have now, a now lot I of questions. That. Then Weird. two days after our movie premiered on September 24th, Emilio and Gloria Estefan's boat hit and killed a jet skier. I vaguely remember that. I do remember that. Also on Ugh. this day, a TV adaptation of Pride and Prejudice starring Jennifer Eel and Colin Firth debuted on BBC One. Okay, I do actually remember that because I was super duper into BBC like series. I still point. love the BBC. I love them. September 25th, Virgin Records released David Bowie's 20th studio studio album titled Outside. Hmm. I don't remember that one. Were there big hits on it? I don't don't know. I didn't dig further into that either. (laughs) So good. My goodness. Great job, host. (laughs) I know. David Bowie and Queen are two that I like. I liked, but I didn't love them at the time. I like them. I appreciate them much more now than I did. Totally agree with that. I did not appreciate them enough at the time i realize now right i've got candles like the religious candles of both david bowie and freddie mercury though (laughs) i guess in order to make up for that totally so speaking of music this week's top 10 songs on the top 40 were number 10 
As I Lay Me Down by Sophie B. Hawkins. As I lay Love her. me down to sleep. Okay, go on. All right. Number nine, I Only, only Want to Be With You by Hootie and the Blowfish. I loved that album. I wore that CD Girl, out. I loved that thing so much. At so number, much. Number eight, I Got Five on It by Luniz or Luniz. Don't remember that song at all. Okay. At number seven, Boombastic by Shaggy. I do remember that one. Oh, I do remember that. At number six, I Can Love You Like That by All For One. Number five, A Little Runaway by Janet Jackson. Love that one. Oh, my God. At number four, Waterfalls by TLC. <gasps> Don't go chasing them. I seen at- a rainbow, yes. <laughs> you good? Yeah. At no, number thank you three. For <laughs> Number three was Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Oh, the pedophile song. We all love that one. And number two, You Are Not Alone by Michael Jackson. You are not alone. And you can it, tell that my days of listening to the musicals had ended at this point. <laughs> right. And at number one, we had A Little Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. Loved that song. That because was number one forever. That is one of my favorite songs that is one that if it comes on, girl, as soon as that violin starts, <laughs> bang, 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 I can't, I cannot help but boogie. Right. I have a funny story about that, actually. Can I tell you? Yes, please. I was at Typhoon, Texas, which is a water park down here. Uh-huh. And I, I was on a slide and one of my students was there like next to me. <laughs> Because I was friends with his mom, and so she oh, didn't so want to go on like this. Oh, so this is like recent, not like back this in the day. Is this recently. is recent. Okay. No, this is like <laughs> two summers ago, and we're at the top of the slide, and all of a sudden, Gangsta's Paradise came on. Girl, I couldn't stop. My <laughs> ass was going. I totally dropped the beat. I was singing every lyric, and he turns to me, and he was like, Miss Aaron, please stop that. <laughs> like, so calm. Please, please stop. Please stop doing that. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> that's amazing but it was so good so this week i have added i only want to be with you by hootie and the blowfish to our playlist from the 90s yes what did you add okay well full disclosure (laughs) you sent me the list and i didn't i thought the movie was in january that's the first one that popped up i didn't realize i had to scroll (laughs) <laughs> it's not a problem, though, because I love all of these songs. Um, originally, I had some others <laughs> from that were January. really good <laughs> from January. I'm telling you that January 95 was amazing. So I'm looking right now. I mean, obvious is Gangsta's Paradise are already on. No. <gasps> Gangsta's Paradise. Right. 100%, which was actually one of my others from January was 100% pure love. <laughs> I love On that the back song. To the middle and around again. I, lo- I was so excited about it, and also you gotta be, you gotta be, oh, you yeah, gotta right. be strong. You got so good. Love that but song. no, um, Gangsta's Paradise all over that. Awesome. So I can listen to it on our playlist. Well, and so the thing is, the person who is leading the movie that week has to try to choose a song from the movie. If there isn't one, then we can choose a second one. Well. Mine Please actually, tell me. I chose Closer by Nine Inch Thank Nails. Thank you. <laughs> One of the best, I mean, opening credits to a movie yep. is so disturbing and so good. 
Yep. Oh, thank you for yeah. choosing that. So okay. You can find links to these playlists on our website at backwherewebelong.com. We have both an 80s and a 90s playlist on Spotify and Apple Music, so you can subscribe to them there. All right, moving on. Happy Meal Toy of the Week. This time it was The Busy World of Richard Scary, which were book characters. Oh. So they had them. It came in the Happy Meal. There was a little character in a car, and then their house that they lived in were in the Happy Meals that week. I was in college, did not get a Happy Meal, I'm pretty sure. Though there were times still where I would buy Happy Meals and I'd get the toys and I'd put them in my dorm. Absolutely. Yes. Those were just good little collectibles. Yes. And then I got rid of all of them, which totally shouldn't have because they're probably worse than Monopoly. The what? The Monopoly, the Monopoly that they would do. Yeah. And then they did the documentary about what a sham the Monopoly thing was. No, I didn't see that. Ooh, they got in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Lots of, ooh, it was a good one. Nice. It was like called Millions, I think. Okay. That's what it was called. The most popular toy that year, the Beanie Baby. Remember Beanie Babies? (laughs) Did you have Beanie Babies? Yes, of course I did. (laughs) I did too. I had the Aaron, the green one, the Irish one, Aaron Gobra. Oh, really? That was the one, that was the big one I had. And I was like, one day this is going to be worth millions. (laughs) No. Did you have any others? I had a couple of others. I can't remember which ones they were, but yeah, I had a couple. Yeah, I had several. I had some of the bears. I had a multicolored bear and another bear. Like, I think I had the amethyst. They did like the birth month, birthstone ones. Were there non-bears? Yeah. They had, I remember had, I had a dog that was really fluffy. Then um, they, there was a whole oh. Disney line of Beanie Babies. I had like Dumbo. I had the little um, monkey Turk from Tarzan. Do I had some Timon them? and Pumbaa. I don't know if I still have them or not, but I, I had tons of them because I thought, oh, these are going to be collectors someday. And yeah. when I'm. Are they? <laughs> I'm probably. Some of them used to be worth like tons of money. Yeah. So. I need a check. Um, also, our favorite, Sweet Valley High, was still going strong. I had given up uh-huh. way before this, but this month, book 117 dropped. Yeah, it was titled Jessica the Genius. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would venture to guess that book was a lie or all a dream, because if you read those yes. books, you know that Jessica was a sociopath oh, and far from a genius. was so psychotic. <laughs> oh, my God. Total narcissist. Synopsis of this book reads, everyone knows that Jessica Wakefield, I can't not do a sassy California accent when I read this. (laughs) Everyone knows that Jessica Wakefield lives for sun, fun, and guys. So how did she manage an almost perfect score on her SATs? There's a rumor going around Sweet Valley High that Jessica cheated. Of course she did. Will acing her college boards mean acceptance at the university of her dreams, or will it ruin her chances forever? Todd Wilkins is driving Elizabeth Wakefield crazy because they've been dating for 800 years. (laughs) Now that college basketball scouts are showering Elizabeth's boyfriend with flattery and attention, he thinks he's hot stuff. He even tells Elizabeth she's lucky to have him. (gasps) (laughs) No! (laughs) When Todd's head gets too big to fit through the Wakefield's front door, will Elizabeth send him walking? No, because Elizabeth is a wet rag from hell. And she a serial is. killer. <laughs> and Jessica does get into her college, as we find out in the college series that they had afterwards. 
isn't it Sweet Valley University or something? Because you, we can't <laughs> leave Sweet Valley because it would probably disintegrate if they ever left the they w- <laughs> the perimeter of Sweet Valley in any way, shape, That's or form. I'm not gonna lie, I miss the books. Yeah, I miss I've them. been thinking I about. I've been thinking about rejoining Kindle Unlimited just so I can download them because they're such quick reads. They're so quick, and it's such a great trip down memory lane. Right. It really. Maybe is. I will resubscribe and download a few to take with me on my road trip next weekend. Oh my god! Who reads them? Oh no! You're no, saying no, you the, would read like, them when you get <laughs> like. Are there me? audiobooks? <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna reach out. I'm look. I want to be the audiobook narrator for Sweet Valley High. <laughs> How amazing would that be? That would be so fun. So I was going to do an SNL recap this week, uh-huh. but it started, it didn't start this weekend. So the premiere oh. was the following weekend. So right. I'm going to do a rundown of what was on TV this fall season. As I was looking through the schedule, it was very obvious that I was not watching a lot of TV this year because I had no idea what half of these shows were. So I'm just going to touch on a few. Mm-hmm. Sunday, nothing real exciting. We had America's Funniest Home Videos, which was on forever. Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, which I do remember. And we still had the Sunday night movies on ABC, CBS, and NBC. All had them on Sundays. Mm-hmm. We had Mad About You. I remember that on yep. NBC. By now, we had the WB as well. So Pinky and the Brain was on. Ellen Cleghorn had a show on Sundays. Mm-hmm. On Monday, we had The Nanny, which was big with Fran Drescher. Murphy Brown was big then as well. And then we had Chicago Hope on Mondays. On Fox, we had Melrose Place, which was a big one on Monday. NBC big. had The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm. And then on UP. N. What's what the fuck was UPN? I think I feel like that was local stuff, but it basically turned into either the WB or it turned into okay. uh, well, yeah, because in some of these they have it listed as UPN, then they have it listed as WB. So that must be why. Yeah, they just didn't fix this. Yeah, because it's the same as like WGN, which was Got the Chicago it. one. I think. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it was just still WB. On Tuesdays, we still Roseanne was going strong. Yes. Um, we had Home Improvement, Coach, yes. which with Craig T. Nelson, which I, I remember. loved Coach. It was fun. And NYPD Blue. Okay. Never got into that. No. On NBC, we had Wings. Remember that one? And News Radio. <gasps> I love... Oh, my God. News Radio is one of my favorites. And Frasier. Oh, yes. All on, yes. on Tuesdays. Found out my dad calls him Fraser. Fraser. <laughs> Instead of Fraser. Does Fraser eat herbs? <laughs> He eats herbs and he eats purple basil. Yes. And he, is he a vegan? He is a vegan from Washington. <laughs> we just wrapped up my father in a nutshell. <laughs> on Wednesdays on ABC, we had Ellen and the Drew Carey show. We had Grace Under Fire, which I remember that. I do remember that. On Fox, Beverly Hills 90210 was still going strong oh, and Party of Five. Never watched on that one. WB, we had Sister Sister, oh, the Williams yeah. Brothers, Unhappily Ever After. It wasn't Unhappily Ever After with like the, there were fairy tale characters living in the modern day. I don't remember that one at all. I vaguely remember that one. Um, on Thursdays, not anything that I rec- recognize on ABC. It was all NBC. On CBS, we had Murder, She Wrote, which was a big one. Oh, um, Fox was Living was Single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a living Single. 
But then on NBC, we had Friends, The Single Guy. I don't remember The Single Guy. No. Then Seinfeld and yes. Caroline in the City and then ER. See, I would, I only watched Friends and Seinfeld. Oh, see, I watched Friends those. and Caroline in the City and ER. You didn't watch Seinfeld? You weren't a Seinfeld fan? No, I didn't get it. But also Thursdays were like, we went to the Peacock, which was top of the cock is what we called it because there were two levels. And okay. so upstairs, they had hip hop at the top. So Thursday night, hip hop at the top, we'd always go up, go there Thursday night because most of us didn't have classes on Friday. Well, that's Or adorable. if you did, it was like a study hall, so you could sleep in. And then on Fridays, this was Nothing. the big TGIF. Well, we had on ABC, we had Family Matters, Boy Meets World, Step by Step, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, <sighs> and then 2020. But I felt like that was toward the younger crowd. Like, I felt like I was getting too old to do those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, TGIF, because this was... TJF really started when Full House was on, which yes, was and in that the late was, 80s. Yeah, right? late 80s, because we would watch Full House and then go to the roller rink on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. That was our thing. And then on Fox, we had X-Files at 9 o'clock, mm, which mm -hmm. I did watch. NBC had Unsolved yes. Mysteries and Dateline. Okay. Saturday, ABC, Jeff Foxworthy show, maybe this time, and then ABC Saturday Night at the Movies. CBS had Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and Touched by an Angel, and oh, Walker, yes. Texas Ranger. Oh my God. Fox had Martin and Cops and America's Most Wanted, and NBC had Jag, The John Larroquette Show, The Home yeah. Court, and Sisters. Didn't watch any of those. I, I remember all those. I didn't watch any of them. Right. And then the last thing I'm going to cover before we jump into the movie was I found out, I found this website that tells you what happened on some soap operas. This is from Days of Our Lives because I was a huge Days fan. Then. You need to send me this website. This was only Days of Our Lives. I found some others that have like One Life to Live, All My Children. I, I want All My Children and One Life to Live. Those are my two big So ones. the week of September 18th through September 22nd, 1995. And I know that Lisa and I also bonded because we would go into our little, we would close the doors on our floor of the dorm and we would watch Days of Our Lives at one o'clock. And if one of us had class at that time, then we went to the other's room and we would recap what happened on days. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. at this time, Hope was held hostage in a warehouse by computer thieves. Those dastardly <laughs> computer thieves. <laughs> Bo later rescued Hope as the warehouse went up in flames. And this is when Billy, Lisa Renna at the time, yes. realized Bo still had deep feelings for Hope. But then at Billy's suggestion, Bo arranged with Mrs. Horton, you know, Alice Horton, yes. for him and Sean D., his son, to spend some time alone at the Horton cabin, which was always a place to go for a romantic getaway. I mean, I can't tell you how many people rekindled their love at the Horton cabin. Oh, <laughs> the stories that couch could tell. But, <laughs> it's much like the country playhouse down here in Texas. <laughs> right. But Alice knew that Bo and Sean D were going up there. So she told Hope, because Alice was a little, you know, the old lady, but she liked to meddle and she's trying very hard to um, set Hope and Bo back up. So she told Hope, you know what? You should really go spend the weekend away at the cabin. And oh no, Bo and Sean D are here, but I guess I'm going to have to stay. Well, then Billy realizes that Sean D forgot his fishing pole. So she went back up to the cabin. She went to the cabin to give Shandi his fishing pole and found Bo and Hope there. See, and Billy and Bo were dating at this time. So yes. big drama. <sighs> but then we had Carrie and Austin. And Aust um, Sammy had tricked Austin into getting her pregnant. Or so we thought it was Austin's baby. But she had really slept with Lucas. And Lucas got her <laughs> pregnant. But 
Carrie agreed that Austin needed to step up and act as a father, so she broke up with him and told him that she was dating Lucas and so to drive Austin to Sammy because Sammy was crazy and Carrie was the saint. And then we had Tony. He learned he was ill and he had a, re- a reaction to his medication. Don't know what that was about. Okay. Then we had Kristen, so our own um, Eileen, who was also on yeah. Real Housewives. Oh, yes, yes. She was on Days of Our Lives. She was on Eileen Davidson, right? Mm-hmm. She was on um, what's that CBS one? Young and the Restless. Okay. I think she's still on there again, but she spent some time on Days as well, and she played Kristen, evil Kristen, and then her wacky sister Susan, who had glasses and buck teeth. But she was dating John at the time because Marlena thought John was Roman, but then the real Roman came back. And so now John found out he was John Black. So he's dating Kristen. And they came close to finding Tony's diary where he wrote of his plans to destroy their love. Then we had this whole thing at Aramid where Jack and Jennifer, of course, were on again, off again. But Jennifer was pretending to be Princess Katarina, which was actually Carly, who was a doctor. And so she was dating this dude in Aramid, and Jack was trying to save her or whatever. Oh, my God. Gotta love Days of Our Lives. I, God, I love soaps in general so much. I just think, how much fun would it be to be in the writer room? Right, because there are no there are no There's, limits to what there, you can no, come up with. You can do whatever you want. You can make someone possessed. There can be an underground city named what it was. Utopia. It? Utopia. Yes. How original you is that? You can have a secret twin. You could be schizophrenic. Right? Hello, Vicky Buchanan. Right. You can have a child who you see get hit by a car and die. She comes back. Twenty years later. Twenty years with later. With a Harvard education. With a Harvard education. <laughs> God, there's no limit. And I love it. And there they used play to be the soap. long game, which mm-hmm. is what I love so much about it. I wish because there used to be the soap opera channel where you could watch yes. soap old, dish. Yeah. And they yeah. did away with that. But I loved that because General Hospital and Days of My Days of Our Lives at this time were my big ones that I watched. Mine were all my children in one life to live. Those are my big ones. General Hospital I did. And then I I left it when Robert Scorpio left. Mm. I didn't want to watch it anymore. If I couldn't mm-hmm. have Robert Scorpio, I was done. Got it. All right. Well how about we take a break and then we'll come back and talk about our movie. When retiring police detective William Somerset tackles a final case with the aid of newly transferred David Mills, they discover a number of elaborate and grisly murders. They soon realize they are dealing with a serial killer who is targeting people he thinks represent one of the seven deadly sins. Crazy movie. I had not watched this in probably a good 20 years it had been a while since i saw it like i remembered the deaths i didn't remember the order that they took place yeah yeah and i, I love forgot this movie how creepy i don't i could i it's gonna be a while before i can watch it again because it really really is unsettling it's so fucked up it is so unsettling it's the perfect way to describe it from yeah. the opening credits where they're using closer Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of get a preview of what this guy's doing yeah. in that, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But I've watched this movie. I don't know what it says about me. <laughs> Tons of times. I'm quite a few times in the last because I watched it in October when with our old podcast, we would, mm-hmm. you know, and still, even without that podcast, every October, you and I watch scary movies. Right. And Which so we I will do for this one as well. Obviously. So I had watched seven. And then it was one of those, like, if Adam was playing his video game and I was upstairs and I'm like, oh, I want to watch a movie. You know what? I'm going to put seven back in. Because it's comforting. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand what's wrong with me. Something definitely, this is a marker of something that when I die, they'll be like, well, obviously she watched, seven, you know, seven, like 20 times a year. <laughs> but yes, so this is one. I mean, I loved this movie when it came out, saw it in the theaters. And have watched it. I have watched it since. Yeah. Many times. So this was after Silence of the Lambs. And I feel like that really kind of set the precedent because after Silence of the Lambs, we got a lot of serial killers. A lot of just like psychological thrillers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The slasher was kind of done for a while. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until Scream that there was a resurgence. That it came back. Yeah. Slashers. But Seven was released on September 22nd, 1995. It starred Brad Pitt as Detective Mills and Morgan Freeman as Somerset. The detectives hunting a serial killer known only as John Doe, played by Kevin Spacey. And then we had Gwyneth Paltrow, who played Brad Pitt's wife, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Seven was directed by David Fincher, who also directed a ton of things, but he did the serial killer movie Zodiac. Yes. About the Zodiac Killer, which is another one that I love, but I haven't seen since I think I saw it in the theater with you and Brandon, if I'm not. Probably. Or maybe you had him. I forget when it came out. And he also did Mindhunter on Netflix. That series was incredible. I didn't watch the final series. When I was putting my notes together, I realized that I don't think I ever watched the season. Was it the, two or three? It was season two. They only okay. did two seasons. Yeah. And through the whole thing, they're setting up BTK. Mm-hmm. And then they stopped doing it. Yeah. They never got BTK. Which I I'm don't so understand mad. why. Did it? Was it because Netflix it canceled schedules. it? No, no. Okay, it was gotcha. never canceled. It was like a high rating one. Never canceled. But it was like David Fincher was the one just like with, you know, last week the girl we with covered the dragon Truth or Well, last week we covered Truth or Dare. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to direct that. Right. And then he pulled out of that. So I don't know what David Fincher is about, if that's something that's normal. Yeah. But right. I don't, yeah, I don't know that Mindhunter will ever be back. And it was so good. Mm-hmm. He also did Gone Girl. And then he did The Girl <gasps> with the Dragon Tattoo and was supposed to do that entire trilogy. And I loved his, because he was, he stuck to the book so closely with The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Loved it. And he was supposed to do the other two movies, but then got involved in, I think it was Gone Girl. And uh-huh. then when he was done with Gone Girl, what's his name? James Bond, dude. Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig, yeah. He was tied up with a Bond movie, so he couldn't come back to reprise his role. And then Rooney Mara, who was the girl with the dragon tattoo, was busy with something. So they just scrapped the rest of the series, which is too bad. Yeah. But the movie was written by Andrew Kevin Walker, who also wrote Hideaway, based on a Dean Koontz novel starring Jeff Goldblum and Alicia Silverstone, which I remember being very disappointed in because I'd read the book and I loved it. And they aged the girl and they... Just changed it, all the Hollywood bullshit. He also wrote 8mm, which starred Nicolas Cage, which is about mm-hmm. snuff films, and it made me want to scrub my eyes out of my head after watching it. Oh, that was a really hard one. Yeah. I have not seen that one since I saw it in the no. theater. No. I haven't I would seen never that, and again. I haven't seen, do you remember One Hour Photo? 
Yeah. I haven't. Those are two movies that like creeped me out enough. Yeah. I have no desire. Mm -hmm. I'm good. He also did Sleepy Hollow with uh, Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact here. He also played the dead dude at the first crime scene in the movie. So he was the one laying on the floor. We never saw his face. He was a dude that his wife had shot him. Oh. We only see his butt and his underwear. (laughs) Got a nice butt. I don't think I could even pick him out of a lineup. Well, no, because they never showed his face. He only saw his ass. So. Yeah. This is David Fincher? No, not um, oh. the dude who wrote it. Andrew oh, Kevin Walker. Oh, the screenwriter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking I could never pick David Fincher out of a lineup. I don't oh. think I know what he looks like. But no, I definitely wouldn't be able to pick screenwriter. Oh, never mind. Yeah. The film was rated R, not surprisingly. Music was done by Howard Shore. It had a budget of $33 million and made $13,949,807 opening weekend. It would go on to make over $100 million domestically mm-hmm. and over $2,227,000 internationally with a worldwide box office of $327,333,559. Damn. It was the seventh highest grossing film of 1995. Okay. How funny. The seventh highest. <laughs> How <person>. crazy. <laughs> right. That's nuts. It has an 82% certified fresh critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 95% audience score. I looked through some of the critics' things. Gene Siskel said, it's worth seeing if you can look past the gruesome details. Michael Wilmington of the Chicago Tribune said, unfortunately, most of the scenes in Seven are unlikely, which means that by the end of the movie, the duo is battling not just an insane killer, but an off-the-wall screenwriter. <laughs> Jamie Bernard of the New York Daily News said this was a negative one, which I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's none of the humor that takes the sting out of slasher movies. And certainly none of the psychology and depth that made The Silence of the Lamb such an intellectual thriller. This wasn't a slasher movie, dude. No, but maybe he's saying like slasher movies at least have this. Silence of the Lambs had this and this didn't cover either. And I feel like psychologically it covered quite a bit. It was disturbing. I thought as fuck. it was fantastic psychological. I mean, I would put it next to Silence of the Lambs as far mm-hmm. as psychological thrillers go. This was a good one. I mean, there were some things that were a reach, but you need to suspend disbelief that some dude had, you know, could orchestrate some of these murders to happen in a certain way, especially the one dude that he had tied up for over a year and was starving. I mean, this guy was in for the long game. Right. Obviously. So you have to suspend disbelief there. You do a little bit, a little bit. But I would think the most successful serial killers from what I, I mean, there were some that were seemed a little more spontaneous that did really well. I mean, like Ted Bundy, I think was a little more spontaneous. Right. But BTK, I feel Mm -hmm. was. Was in it for the long game. And, and it's those River. and the Green River Killer. It's mm-hmm. those that plan in such detail that mm-hmm. will get away with it for a much longer time. I and feel. who was that one that I covered on Six Degrees that he was the gay dude, but he was killing young straight men and he yes. would like, stick stuff up their butt and everything. Yes. Like, so it looks like a hate crime of some sort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There, I'm, it's those that go against the norm that are so yeah. hard to catch. Because so t- it took forever guy, to find this, that dude that I just said, because they yeah. had no clue. The profile look, made it look like it was someone else, not... Right. And it was only because he got pulled over for driving erratically and he had a dead body in his front seat yes. that they found out he that it was would him. Never, it would never have been known. Right. I mean, that's kind that's so I, I do feel like 
I mean, this was a stretch with starving the guy. That was a big stretch. Right. But and I having think each that it's body more found on like, like each day of the, the week because it went over seven days. Yeah. And so because it started on a Monday, ended on a Sunday to have it perfectly executed. I mean, but he also knew exactly who was going to be doing it. And you knew that. I mean, if someone's going to figure it out, figure out all the intellectual stuff behind it, Morgan Freeman's going to figure it out. Right. So we had I, mean, I just pod- remember with that first one, sorry, with that first one with the shards and him yeah. figuring it out, figuring out where the shards came from, which gave him another clue. Mm-hmm. That that's a stretch of doing yeah, that yeah. in like a day. Right. It's so cool. Yeah. I feel like this would have taken place over a few months than just a week. Easily. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Another positive review came from Desmond Ryan of the Philadelphia Inquirer, who said, The reason to see seven, which is decidedly not for the faint of stomach, is not for the punishment of sin, but the many virtues of Freeman's contribution, which I can agree with. This is one of Morgan Freeman's, I mean, this and Shawshank Mm -hmm. put right next to each other. Jay Boyer from the Orlando Sentinel gave it a positive review, but said that the plot was familiar and ridiculously gimmicky. Do you agree? No. I didn't think it was familiar or, I mean, I kind of, it depends on your definition of gimmicky, I guess, because I can see where. Isn't every movie gimmicky? Right. I mean, every, I mean, what that's does that the even basis mean? of the premise, right? Like, familiar, I don't think we'd seen anything like this. A seven deadly no, sin that, serial killer. That, that does not make sense. And I'm really confused by those two words, familiar and gimmicky, because with, if it's a serial killer movie, this is exactly what you go through, the mm-hmm. investigation and then the crimes that are like how. Yeah, of course, that's familiar. That's it's a murder investigation. And then right. gimmicky. I mean, don't horror films. That's the whole thing with Scream is like there is a formula to it. And that's why you go see them. And that's exactly why you go see them. Speaking of Scream, have you seen the latest one? I haven't. It's is it good? so it's so good. I like the Scream 5 or whatever. That was mm-hmm. the re- This one is even better. Like it's brutal, like nonstop action. Okay. It was. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I need it. to watch it. So, do you remember when and where you first saw this movie? I know I saw it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive I saw it with my friend Chris, our friend Chris that we know. Mm-hmm. I'm almost because I saw every movie with him back during that time. So I'm sure that I saw it with him. I was completely shocked mm-hmm. by every death in the movie. Yeah. I don't even think I knew the deadly sins, uh-huh. you know? So it was fun. Like, I know what we're going to do later in this episode. It was fun watching it, just being like, oh, God, I could see that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I could totally see me being a target <laughs> on some of these. But I, I loved it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remember it was, it was in the theater. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. It wasn't opening weekend. No. It, because it took a while for this movie to take off. And so it was once the buzz was around. And I remember Lisa and I went with some of her friends, I think her roommate, Anne, and then some of their friends that they knew. And then they invited me. And I was sitting by Lisa. And when the dude... The sleeping dude... No, it was no. the dude that had the well the sleeping dude scared us when he like woke yeah, up. When he was but <laughs> we got the giggles because we were just so disturbed. It was the, it right. wasn't like we thought it was funny. We got the nervous disturbed giggles when 
they showed that the dude was wearing that knife thing on his dick and he was forced to fuck the sex worker. And when they showed it, we just looked at each other and we started giggling and we couldn't stop laughing. And people in the theater were so pissed. And then they flipped back to that picture again, which made us burst into hysterics again. Oh my gosh, Odell. I know. And it was one of those like, and we were, we knew we shouldn't be laughing because it wasn't funny. But we kept laughing because we knew we shouldn't have been laughing. Of course. (laughs) Of course. And then like a couple of weeks later, we went and saw Copycat. And oh, my God. started laughing our asses off when he said, show me your squirrel covers. Yeah, <laughs> Call their underwear squirrel covers. Yes. <laughs> so that's so gross. We got. Yeah. So that's where I was that in the theater in Corvallis, Oregon. I know. Which is the most disturbing because we were already so like <sighs> just disturbed by this movie. And then they show that, the knife oh dick. Oh, my God. And Yeah. And that poor man traumatized for mm-hmm. life. So I want to discuss all of the deaths. Yes. We're looking at the seven oh, sins. Okay. So we had, and spoiler alert, if you've not seen this, there are going to be spoilers, which there always are in yeah. all of these movies that we discuss. So first we had Gluttony, <laughs> which was the grossest one of all of them, because what had happened yes. was the serial killer had tied this dude to a chair in his kitchen. Dude was, he's a bigger dude, overweight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He made him eat spaghetti. He put a bucket underneath him so he could pee and I guess shit and into shit. the bucket. Yep. But he held a gun to his head and made him eat spaghetti until basically his insides burst and killed him. I would have been like, just shoot me. Right. Dude, I just shoot me. That's the thing that I kept thinking through all of these deaths. I'm like, in a way, because one of the seven deadly sins is pride. Right. And I feel like a lot of these, there's a sense of pride attached to them, which is why they yes. didn't just say, okay, then fine, just shoot me. Because I that's don't what I understand it with this one. This right. one, I feel, would have been one of the most painful mm-hmm. deaths. And I would have been like, I'm definitely on my way to a very slow, painful death. Just fucking shoot me. Right. Yeah, I would have given up and just like, fuck, I'm going to die anyway. I'm not going to die yeah. in pain. So but just I shoot doubt me. he would have like just put him out of his misery. It would have been another slow death. Mm-hmm. He would have shot him in the stomach. Or oh, God, I don't yeah. I don't even know. Odell, this God, this movie is so disturbing. I cannot <laughs> believe I've watch watched it, over it like 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> then we had Greed with the lawyer uh-huh. who was forced to cut off a piece of his skin, like a Basically, Pound of flesh. Yes. That's another one where I'm like, oh, you're going to make me cut off my skin and make me bleed to death. I'm not going to do it. So there had shoot to me or cut it off yourself. The only thing I can think of is that there had to have been s- such a bigger threat. I mean, because he was psychotic mm-hmm. looking and everything, the, how calm he was and everything. I don't there had to have been like a little more to them making them actually do it or this was just part of the suspending disbelief you know yeah because i i'm putting myself in these positions i'm like yeah i would have just said shoot me i don't care i'm gonna die so if you have something on me and you're gonna release it to the world i don't care i'm not gonna be here to deal with that that when he had the wife there could have been a Mm -hmm. threat of you don't do it then this is what happens you know which i know adam would be like well Okay, what do I have to do? You know, right. but then at the same time, I'd be like, I, 
if you're psychotic enough to do this, you're going to kill her anyway. Exactly. Hmm. The next one that I could believe, well, I could believe that because this guy didn't have a choice, really, mm-hmm. was Sloth. He was tied to a bed <sighs> and just slowly starved to death mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. he died over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was slowly, slowly killed. Though he was still alive when they found him, but I mean, he was may as well have been dead. He was eventually going to die. There was no saving him. Right. But I feel like when you're tied up to a bed, you can't move. You can't feed yourself. You're just laying there at the mercy of some other person. Right. Yeah. That's that was realistic. I can see that. Yeah. I can't see him being alive still after a year. No. Because it sounds like he was giving him, like he slowly restricted his calories. Yeah. Yeah. Then we had the most disturbing Mm -mm. lust, which was the knife fuck. apparently made you crack up. Oh my (laughs) God. It was so shocking though, because you're like, what happened? Did you laugh during Schindler's List, Odell? No, I did not. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Um, But... (sighs) Where we had the sex worker at a sex club, and he had forced this guy. This is another one where I'm like, you are going to force me to kill someone else. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to strap a knife on my crotch and then have sex with this woman. Not going to do it. Regardless of, that was another one where I'd been like, just fucking shoot me. I don't care what you do. I'm not doing that. Then we had pride. Mm-hmm. Which he cut off our nose, cut off your nose, bite your face. Mm-hmm. He put a phone in one hand and then pills in the other, so she could glued she them, either, didn't yeah. she? Didn't he? Yeah. And he could either call for help, and then she would live, but live without a nose, which I right. feel like could have done something with plastic surgery, or she could take pills and kill herself. Right. And so the pride was, I guess, and I don't know if she actually took the pills and killed herself, or if he just killed her anyway and just did this right. as a setup. It wasn't really clear. Yeah, I kind of took it as she did kill herself. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I took it. Because I guess he was so strict about making sure that the sin was carried out exactly the mm-hmm. way the sin was. I feel like had she not killed herself, which would have been he would pride, have forced it down her throat. He would have, or else he just would have found another victim. Yeah. And then we have the big twist. He turns himself in, <sighs> and he. Makes them drive him out. He says, I won't show you the next two victims, but you have to until you drive me to the certain location, mm-hmm. which it felt weird that they were in this desert. Right. But they came from the city where it rained pretty much every fucking day. I'm like, did it only rain in the city and not in the desert near? And it seemed yeah. like they were in com- the desert. They area. were in New York City. But it that's the thing. They never specify what city they're in. They do. The All the um, trivia that I read was Fincher did this because he didn't want, he wanted this to be able to be any big city. He just wanted to but feel dark and dreary. Did he come from New York City? He came from New York. That's what yeah. it is. Okay. So but we don't really know unspecified where he location. is. Right. But what's weird is like you get the, because it feels like New York City. This yeah, dark, for sure. dreary, rainy populous place but then all of a sudden they're in this really dry desolate mountainous area to look more yeah. like nevada maybe it was more yeah maybe it was more like they were in chicago like that type of maybe. area and going yeah so yeah. yeah 
but it was weird that because like it didn't feel like they drove all day they drove for a while like they left in the afternoon and then they were there by seven o'clock for the delivery right it just seemed like the landscape was too much of a drastic change it didn't feel like because typically when you go from a big city you slowly transition there's some suburbs right and then it gets a little more desolate further out so i don't Mm -hmm. know it just seemed like too much of a stark contrast for me anyway it was we get there i was just so exciting to hear him i was so excited to hear like him talk and kind of start to explain because i had no idea where it was going yeah so he finally admits that he envied mills he envied his life his life with his wife Mm -hmm. and blah 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 and then so he was envy but then we have wrath and here's where the big twist happens we get this delivery dude driving out morgan freeman stops him he has a box what's in the box what's in the box (laughs) He says that's like when people pass him, that's the number one thing he hears. <laughs> really? What's in the box? <laughs> so um, turns out he had killed Mill's wife, cut off her head, put the head in the box and delivered it. So Mill's was wrath yep. and he had to kill the dude, John Doe, who envied him. John Doe knew that he would. Mm-hmm. Which his would carry out all seven of the sins. His, yeah. Yeah, and it was obvious. I mean, he was a hothead that he was going to do this. Would you have killed him? God, it would have been hard not to. Oh, hands down, I would have. I I mean... I don't care if I I bought into it. I don't know with Morgan Freeman sitting there saying this is exactly what he wants. And if I stop to think, like, if I finish this, then he succeeds. Right. You know? I feel like if anyone can talk me down, it would be Morgan Freeman. That's true. (laughs) You know? So I know I would want to. I don't know if I actually could, though. Yeah. I don't know, because I'm such a vengeful motherfucker. Like, when I I get to that point, like, I'm pretty easygoing, but then I hit a point where I'm just done. Yeah. And I feel like if I had opened that box and it was someone that I loved, like I was in, like, they were my life. And I found out that, like, if I wanted kids, and that not only did he kill her, but she was also pregnant. And he's the one who told Mills that she Mm -hmm. was pregnant because he hadn't known yet. Yep. So he took all of these things, like, my all of my happiness away from me. Right. It would have been hard for me not to have done it. It would have been very hard to not do it, to want to fly off the handle. But again, if Morgan Freeman was there talking to me. (laughs) <laughs> I would at least stop and be like, okay, explain why I shouldn't. <laughs> you know, it would be, and that would be the biggest fuck you he could have given to this guy. Mm-hmm. Like True. the biggest, which would have made for an incredible ending that the guy didn't succeed. And to see what would have happened to him and him, it, like just to have seen his reaction Mm-hmm. That he wasn't right about this one, right? Would have been amazing. It would have been, and I would have regretted shooting him because so I would have thought it right. through more after the fact. I wish I that think he I would be would in prison, knowing mm-hmm. that he was unsuccessful, and then I would go torment mm-hmm. him every fucking day. Exactly. But yeah, I think at the at the moment I would have been too distraught. In the moment, it would have been very difficult to not. Mm-hmm. Very difficult. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back for some fun stuff and close out. Okay. 
one thing I noticed. Did you notice this? What? That the leather shop where he made the harness with the knife dick. Yes. Was named Wild Bill's Leather. <gasps> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what they found the receipt and then they went there and it said Wild Bill, which is like, oh, that's How a little throwback to Silence of the Lambs. Right. I also oh found some gosh. fun facts about the movie. All these come directly from IMDb. New Line Cinema executives originally hated the film's ending. They okay. didn't want it to end that way. But Brad Pitt refused to make the film if they changed the ending. How did they want it to end? I don't know. It didn't say. Hmm. Brad Pitt okay, fell. interesting. Yeah. He fell while filming the scene where he's chasing John Doe in the rain. Mm-hmm. His arm went through a car windshield. It required surgery to repair some tendons or something. But the oh accident worked. It was worked into the script. And coincidentally, the original script called for him to be injured during that sequence anyway. So they just oh, built that's, that in. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> also, I learned that Denzel Washington was initially supposed to play Mills. But he turned it down because he felt the film was too dark and evil. But then he later regretted his decision after seeing a screening of the film. Wait, Mil- Brad Pitt? No, Denzel no. Washington was supposed to play Brad Pitt's part. So it was supposed yeah, to be Morgan Freeman, Denzel Washington. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but he turned it down because he felt like the script was too dark. Could you yeah, see that? I don't know if I could see Denzel in that role. I think I could. I think it would have changed it. It would have, but I I don't know. Maybe I'm just having a hard time because I loved Brad Pitt in that role so much. Honestly, you know what it is? It's that Brad Pitt comes across as kind of a dumbass and a hothead in it. I can't believe that about Denzel Washington. He's very intelligent and he exudes intelligence. He would read the books and not the Cliff's Notes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I just, that's what I don't see. I don't see him being a hothead in a movie. No. And I think this was right about the training day. Time uh, training yes. day was after this, wasn't it? Uh, I was right. I mean, he around was kind of a psycho time. in that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it was after this because I feel like I was in Texas when I saw it. Okay, um, another good one. Yeah. Oh God, that was that was two thousand and one. Okay, so it was. Yeah, it was long after six years later. Yeah. So Brad Pitt considers this one to be one of the most perfect films he's ever made. Absolutely. He also said that Gwyneth Paltrow's character is the only sunshine we have in the film, which absolutely. Yep. Yep. Probably all that vagina steaming that she does. <laughs> this is probably, probably pre pre steamed vag. <laughs> <laughs> and then David Fincher said on the DVD commentary that he felt bad for the actor who had to wear all of the hot, heavy, gluttony prosthetics. Yeah. So to compensate, he made him well endowed. <laughs> <laughs> we do oh, get a glimpse yes, of the, the junk. I don't really pay, didn't really pay attention because I, I, do I kind of hide that. my eyes on that part because it's just so it's, the veins like, are sticking that makes out. Me and, yeah. never want to eat again, honestly. Right. So let's say this movie happening in real life. Okay. You're one of the victims. Oh, God. Which deadly sin would be your demise? Mm-hmm. I, I lean more toward envy. Like I envy others, right? Mm-hmm. I lean more toward that. Yeah, more than, I mean, definitely not greed. Gluttony, I could be there. I love mm-hmm. me some good snacks. <laughs> um, l- pride, no. Lust, uh, 20 years ago, yes. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I'm lustful like it depends on your 
description of lust. I mean, where is it? Your yeah. definition. Like, like I'm not a, a you look sex at someone worker and be like, oh, you constantly. Right. I'm not constantly fucking around. get it. Right. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I would say envy probably more than anything because okay. I do envy like people who are wealthier than I am, people who are able to go on these amazing vacations and have these amazing houses and all of that. And I, right. yeah, definitely envy. What about you? I think, I don't know. Like I can see a little bit like gluttony. I used to just eat like my nerves and my feelings when I yes, get nervous my, or when my I brain my was going, like I would just, I had to be snacking on something while I was walking and thinking. So, but I've changed mm-hmm. that habit. Um, I'm not greedy sloth. I feel like there have been mm-hmm. times when I've been just like a bump on a log where I just sit on the couch you all the know time. What? You, it's not like it lasts for weeks at a time or anything right. like that. And sometimes we deserve to like just have a day where we sit. <laughs> right. But there were times when I would just like lay on the couch. That's all I did on weekends. Mm-hmm. I would get mm-hmm. up. I would lay on the couch. That was it. Might get up to pee. Mm-hmm. But that was usually like, you know, a day here, a day there. But then during the week you were working and you were doing right. rehearsals at night and you were painting right. sets. And so I would, I don't think anyone would ever describe you as, oh, <laughs> right. you know, Dal doesn't do anything but lays on a couch. <laughs> Very slothful. Lust, not, I don't sleep around. I mean, the, I have lustful thoughts when I see someone. Of course. But it's not like a constant thing. Pride, human. I do have some pride in that and i feel like i've spent so much time as a, when i was younger being bullied and being told that i wasn't good enough for something then now right. when i feel like when someone tries to tell me i'm not good enough the pride kicks in so i go back yeah. to that i don't envy a lot but i think wrath would be mine not that i'm yeah. like a wrathful person but like i said if i get pushed to the edge cuz yeah. i'm pretty laid back until a point where i'll just stand up for myself and Depending on what you did, I might make your life hell (laughs) if you fuck me over well enough. Yeah. Can I tell you something real quick? Yes, please. I saw there's a show on Netflix. There's I Am a Killer, which Uh was great. Uh And then they made I Am a Stalker. And as I was watching (laughs) I Am a Stalker. Yeah. There were some things that I was like, "I that's stalking? (laughs) (laughs) Crap. There were a couple of things. So, yeah, I can see um, like the wrath coming in where it's just like never. I mean, like, I feel like you would go and go and go. I don't see you ever killing anyone or anything like that, obviously, but just making their lives a living hell. I can totally. Which, by the way, it might be considered stalking. I'm just warning you. (laughs) Because apparently I've been stalking for like 25 years now. (laughs) Well, I'm really good about cutting people off. Like I get to a point, I just cut you off. But if you keep coming at me after I've reached that point, I'm going to do something not through murder or anything, but I'm going to make sure that you know that you've hit the wall and we're done. We done. All right. Last fun thing. Mary Shagkill. We're going to look at three people. Well, it's going to be in two different, two different versions. So we're going to think of them like the actors, but then also as their characters just to see if it changes. Okay. So looking I can at tell Brad, you right now, it's not going to change at all. Go on. Brad Pitt, Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman, and Kevin mm-hmm. Spacey. Oh, I'm marrying Morgan Freeman. I'm going to shag yep. the shit out of Brad Pitt and I'm going to kill Kevin Spacey. Same here. Yeah. Because I just want Morgan Freeman. the same Freeman. with the characters. <laughs> yeah. 
I want Morgan Freeman to read me stories at night. Thank you. That's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> is I just can you just sit down and read me to sleep? Right. That if is I've had what a, I want. If I've had a rough day and I'm just really frazzled, really stressed, I would love to come home to Morgan Freeman saying, sit down. Tell me what happened today. (laughs) I would love that. And he's very smart. And I think very logical. So I feel like financially he'd be on top of the bills, (laughs) taxes, (laughs) all of that stuff. Like he would, I think he's more of an adult than I am. So that would be lovely. He would fix, like he would totally be in the father figure out. Come on now. We would listen to George Michael all the time. And then he would just read me books. Yeah. And watch intelligent movies mm-hmm. and be able to like give me a different perspective. It'd right. be amazing. It would be like so fulfilling. He's just a very calming presence. Yes. And then Brad Pitt, girl, I would climb on that so fast. Even yeah. now, Thelma and Louise, Brad Pitt, it does not matter. Yeah, he's kind of skinny, but I would definitely, out of the three of them, he would be the and one. Thelma and Louise, but he's not. I would want Fight Club, Brad Pitt. Yes, yes. Give but, me fight. And current Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, like with the long hair, kind of looks greasy and kind of stinky. <laughs> but you know what? Stank all over me, buddy. Be fine. <laughs> Rub your stink on me. Be fine. And Kevin Spacey character or person. Yeah, he just seems go. kind of pompous. Yeah, especially after the. If whole... you had asked me that twenty years ago, it may have been different. But yes. after everything, knowing now, what he did, yeah, no, agreed. It all would right. have been much harder to answer twenty years ago. <laughs> yes, for sure. So first line, last line, first line of the movie came from a cop who said neighbors heard them screaming at each other for two hours. So that was when they're at the crime scene, domestic Mm -hmm. dispute. Last line, Morgan Freeman read a quote from a book and then he closed out with, I agree with the second part. I wish I'd written down what the quote was because it'd probably make more sense. (laughs) Damn it, Odell. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to look at it right now. All right. Just to it was Walt quote. Whitman, right? Uh, Walt Whitman. Um, was it, I think, a few heroic actions? No, wait. That's not it. Maybe it I wasn't Walt Whitman. Maybe I'm thinking Walt Whitman because that was in a book I read recently. <laughs> oh, The World is a... F- uh, Ernest Hemingway. Yes. The World is a Fine Place and Worth Fighting For. I agree says, with the I second think part. This, I, yeah. Okay. Ooh, that's... That's a really good quote. Oh, that just gave me chills because he's he's not saying that the world is a fine place, but he's saying it is worth fighting for. And that just, oh, I don't know why I'm having like a visceral reaction. Something <laughs> happened. Okay, we're not going to, we're not going to worry about that. I'm going to go watch Morgan Freeman. I'm going to go watch Shawshank. All right. Or we can just go back to the old, old Morgan, Morgan Freeman and watch uh, 321 Contact. Wasn't that? Or Electric Company. Oh, he was on electric company electric back company. in the day. Yeah. Oh, okay. I might go back there for a little <laughs> bit after seven. We need a palate cleanser. All right. Let's um do some trivia. I pulled some from my nineties oh, deck. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Gotta get my timer. I hope this is the right yes. button for the timer. Okay. First one. Hands up. Remember, we have to do oh, our yes. hands up. No googling. What you don't know is I have Adam right behind me crouching down. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Go on. The search engine Google, which launched in 1998, was originally called what? Headache, McSearchFace, or Backrub? What was the first one? Headache, McSearchFace, or Backrub? 
Number two. Quick search face? Yeah. Nope. It was, it was back one. rub. Back rub. Ooh, it was three. Okay, I wouldn't have gotten it right no matter what. Why, would, why would you call a search engine back rub? Like, I feel like headache. Yeah, that makes no sense. Makes a little more sense. McSearch Though face I really love search face, right? <laughs> That's what it should be. All right. How many kids did Iowa mom Bobby McCahey give birth to in November 1997, an event that put her on the cover of Time? Oh, uh, seven. Yes. They're the first surviving set of septuplets to be born. How crazy is that? Seven. Go on. Ready? Mm-hmm. What celestial bodies did astronomers detect orbiting outside of our solar system for the first time in 1991? Um, stars. Black holes. Black holes. What's your final answer? Yeah. Planets. There were three uh-huh. Earth-sized planets orbiting a dying star in the constellation of Virgo. I do remember that. Damn it. That seems so weird. I never would have thought planets. Of course you're going to find planets in this. Planets and stars yeah. have been my last thoughts. Okay. I'm Okay, yeah. How many is that? One, two, three. Okay, we have two more. Mm-hmm. What writer of The Odd Couple also wrote Lost in Yonkers, which won both a Tony for Best Play and a Pulitzer Prize in 1991? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, oh come on what is it neil simon yeah of course all right last one he also wrote you're playing our they're playing our song which i did in 1985 (laughs) it's the same thing damn it go on okay final one mad Mm -hmm. what atmospheric first person let me restate that what atmospheric first-person puzzle-solving game was the best-selling computer game of the 1990s? Um, uh, as- asteroid. Tetris! That's your final answer? What? Yes. Mist. Did you what? ever play that? I don't know. No! I don't remember okay. hearing that. You just wait, Odell, until my next <laughs> Dude, you're you're, you're already like eight points ahead of me. I don't care. I want to be 20. <laughs> I literally grabbed two cards. That was a hard one. I know. See, I don't do very good. Well, I just, obviously, I don't do very good with anything. But I, especially the 90s trivia. Yeah. Because I wasn't really, I wasn't watching much. I wasn't, I, I think I listened to more music than anything. That's when I did start paying a little more attention to what was going on around me. So I might be better. The 80s, that's where when it's stuff outside of, I mean, I can. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Hopefully I remember. It's got to be a big event. Hopefully I can remember. It has to be movie, TV, or music related for me. Right, right. All right. Before we sign off, we need to spin the wheel. So this time I have chosen 15 movies that I would like to watch. Mm -hmm. Aaron's going to stick these 15 movies into the wheel. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to spin it once. Oh, just because, once. Yeah, because I, I mean, these the are all movies that we're watching. These are all movies okay. that we want to watch. So we're just going to okay. spend the f- whatever the first one is. That's the one we're going to Are you gonna ready? I'm ready. Here we go. All right. What is it? What's it going to be? Oh, you were so close. Uh, where the boys are, 84. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Can I tell you what was right next to it? The pirate movie? You know this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. See, I'm All afraid right. of watching the pirate movie. Because it's going to be terrible and I'm going to hate it. 
No, you've already decided that you're going to hate it. That's the thing. I haven't you have decided already, it. Yes, you have. Every time it comes up, you're like, oh, that movie. Oh, my God. So you are going to come in and shit all over me, regardless of whether you're, you're not no, going to enjoy it no, because you've already decided that you don't like it. You are That's getting feisty. See, now when I don't like it because it's a shitty movie, you're going to be like, well, you decided <laughs> you weren't going to like it. No, I've already decided that you've decided. So I feel like I have to come in with my guns blazing. Anyway, Where the Boys Are 84 <laughs> is really fun, though. I've never heard of it or it seen it. It has Lorna Luft is in it. Oh, okay. And Lisa Hartman. Who oh, my married, gosh. What's her name? Black. And Lynn yes. Holly Johnson. There are these girls who go to Florida for spring break. And one of the rich Southern girls, her cousin is this amazing composer, Camden Roxbury. <laughs> And Lisa Hartman doesn't want to go because she wants to stay home and study, but she loves Camden Roxbury. So her her friend's like, I'll set you up with my cousin. And of course, there's this other boy that she meets there. It's cheesy 80s. I haven't seen it in years. Okay. Yeah. All right. So where the boys are 84 in two weeks. Next week, the 80s classic St. Elmo's Fire, which I'm looking forward to seeing again because it's been years since I've seen that. I don't think I've ever seen that. If I have, it's been clips. Yeah. It's been a long time. I don't think I've seen it since probably college. If then. Okay. All right. We'll see you next week, y'all. Have a good week. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to tell all of your friends about us, especially any fellow Gen Xers. And don't forget to follow us on social media and your favorite podcast app. And be sure you're set to auto-download so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating. Don't forget to visit backwherewebelong.com to gain access to our ultimate playlists, pick up some merch, and do a deeper dive into all of our episodes. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.